I'll have to hear it from Richard, Wendy Janet said. Richard Rosenberg's two switchboard girls had identical voices. I never knew which one I was talking to. Not that it mattered, neither had the brains of a turnip. Okay, I said, put him on the phone. Wendy Janet gasped. She always did when I talked like that. The prospect of bossing Richard around was more than she could handle. Richard came on moments later. You back to work, so the job's done? No, but the hours are flexible. I don't like the sound of that. Why not? Flexible things stretch and bend. I don't like the idea of my cases getting short shrift. Richard, your cases are trip and falls. I could do them in my sleep. I'm going stir-crazy sitting around. I need the work. You just sitting around? Yeah? Why? You talked to McAuliffe? Why do you ask? So you did. You realize that'll hang you if things don't work out. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, all right. You want work? I got work. Hang on. I heard the buzz of the intercom, Richard's voice saying, Pick up line one, then a click, and Wendy Janet's voice saying, Yes? Stanley's on the clock. Give him work, Richard said, and hung up. Wendy Janet paid me back for going over her head to Richard by giving me the worst case she could find. Maybe I'm just projecting. Still, the crack house in East New York in which one Yolanda Smith lived had to be way up on my list of least desirable abodes. The two black guys on the front steps had about three front teeth between them, and that was counting top and bottom, and one on the side. The tatters they were wearing were fine for the summer. In winter, their balls would have frozen to the stoop. Neither had shaved in this millennium, nor had ever seen a comb. Somehow or other, these unprepossessing souls had managed to score enough drugs to get high. Either that, or their brains were just permanently addled. But they looked at me without fear or loathing, or even the slightest interest, as I marched up the rickety steps and pushed open the front door. Neither rain, nor snow, nor strung-out homeless junkies. On the first-floor landing, a slightly more upscale clientele were smoking crack. You could tell they were more upscale, because they had crack, not to mention a crack pipe and a butane lighter. They probably took me for a cop, because no white man in a suit and tie who wasn't a cop would ever be there. They made no move to hide the drugs. If I was going to bust them, I was going to bust them. Not much they could do about it. The guys on the third floor were mainlining crystal meth. I wondered if that was a step up from the crack smokers, or a step down. I'm just not up on drug etiquette. Anyway... They were sharing needles and probably HIV. I tried not to appear terrified as I gave them a wide berth. On the next floor, I found Yolanda. Her story blew me away. The problem with the negligence business is you build up a contempt for your clients. No matter what your good intentions, the job quickly wears you down. Part of it's the monotony and the repetition and the fact that each case seems exactly like the one before. But it's also the fact that your clients aren't the most intelligent people in the world. Not that intelligent people wouldn't call Richard Rosenberg, but in point of fact, intelligent people wouldn't call Richard Rosenberg. They'd go to their own or some friend's recommended lawyer, not some guy they saw on TV. So for the most part, we're talking about people who tend to fall into the category of greedy, indolent, and not particularly bright. Sort of hard to root for. Sort of hard to work up any enthusiasm for their cases. Add to this the fact that the people most likely injured themselves through some stupid action of their own, and it's really hard to care. Yolanda Smith was something else. For one thing, she was gorgeous. A light, brown-skinned African-American woman, lithe, large-breasted, though not disproportionately so, twenty-three years old, mother of two. For a few fleeting moments, a mother of three. Usually, I ask questions and take notes.
Yolanda, I just listened to. A welfare mother with two kids living in a crack house in East New York gets her big break, meets Mr. Wright, a young whiz kid, hip-hop record producer, who's going to put her in rap videos, going to make her a star. Meanwhile, she's got to earn her keep.